The Green Mountain State, as it's called, Vermont's picturesque landscape is both a hiker's and skier's dream. Running from Massachusetts to the south, to the border of Quebec, Canada in the north, the Green Mountains hold their place majestically as a Vermont staple. But among the many trees that stand the test of time, and the trails that crisscross over peaks and valleys, could lurk something sinister. The Bennington Triangle, as it has been named, has an interesting past when it comes to disappearances. Within a span of 30 years, as many as 10 people may have disappeared in the area, with the remains of only one being recovered. The wilderness can be an unforgiving place, but when trained or experienced individuals vanish without a trace, we have to wonder if a pattern starts to form. We're glad to see that you stopped by this week as we get lost in this fascinating New England story. And stick around after the show for this week's Musician Spotlight. This week we have Rustic Waters. Thank you for joining us this week on the Supernatural Tendencies Podcast. I'm Christy. And I'm Alex. And this is Episode 24, The Bennington Triangle. Known as the footpath in the wilderness, the long trail spans the length of the Green Mountains, allowing hikers to traverse Vermont from Massachusetts to Canada in a continuous route. Construction of the trail started in 1910, giving it the title of the oldest long-distance hiking trail in the United States. Twenty years and 272 miles later, the trail was finally finished. Staying relatively serene for a number of years, it wouldn't be until 1945 when suspicious situations began to arise. The first person to go missing in our case would not be a tourist, who might have naively lost their way. Instead, Mitty Rivers was an experienced woodsman, hunter, and was familiar with the area. On the day of November 12, 1945, Rivers was guiding a group of hunters up on the mountain when on the return trek, Rivers got ahead of the group and was never seen again. A search party was sent out, but the only item found was a single rifle cartridge that the group had found in a stream. What happened to Mitty Rivers? He was, admittedly, 74 years old. Did his age get the better of him in one of the most dangerous places away from civilization? Or is there another answer? 18-year-old Bennington College student Paula Weldon set out for a hike one day on the long trail. She had told her roommate her plans before she set out and at one point found a local newspaper employee named Ernest Whitman and asked for directions. Whitman pointed her in the right direction and Paula continued on her way. An elderly couple claimed to have seen her on the trail while they were about a hundred yards behind her, but they lost sight of her around a bend in the trail. When they reached the bend, there was no sign of her. An extensive search took place, but nothing was ever found. A $5,000 reward was even posted, and the FBI got involved, but neither did little to change the situation. Could some of the rumors be true? 
Could Paula have run away to Canada with a boyfriend? Or did she become some type of woodland hermit, discarding worries of modern society? Our next example of mysterious happenings in the area may be the strangest. While not exactly taking place on the trails, this fact alone may make this instance even stranger. To start off, the person in question has a name that even seems to be in question. James Tedford, as we'll call him, since his name has been spelled as Telford, Tiford, and Tedford, was an ex-soldier and resident of the Bennington Soldiers' home. He had been visiting relatives in St. Alabans when he took a bus home. According to 14 witnesses, Tedford was on the bus and sleeping throughout the trip until the last stop. But somewhere between the last stop and Bennington, James Tedford vanished, leaving only his luggage in the rack. No signs or clues to what happened to him have ever been found or realized. Unfortunately, the triangle doesn't discriminate against age. On October 5, 1950, eight-year-old Paul Jepson went with his mother to tend to some pigs. She left him in the truck, instructing him to stay put as she did her chores. After about an hour, when returning to the truck, she found Paul was no longer there. A search was conducted, and bloodhounds tracked the boy's scent to a nearby highway, where they lost it. Local legends claim that this is where Paulo Weldon had gone missing as well. His mother added that he was wearing a bright red jacket that should have made seeing him all that much easier, but even that didn't seem to help. Two weeks later, on October 28, 1950, 53-year-old Frida Langer would join the others in this growing mystery. Langer was on a family trip near Somerset Reservoir when she and a few family members decided to go on a hike. At some point, Langer and her cousin, Herbert Elzer, wandered off from the rest of the group. They came upon a stream and Langer lost her footing, falling into it, soaking her clothes. She told Elzer that she was going to head back to the campsite for a change of clothes and that she'd be back to meet him. About an hour had passed. Elsner headed back to camp to see what was keeping her. When he arrived, he found no trace of Langer. In fact, everyone there said they had not seen her since she left for the hike. A two-week search, consisting of 300 people and both helicopters and airplanes, could find nothing of the missing woman. Months passed. Snow fell and it wouldn't be until May of 1951 when the mountains would give any clue to what was occurring, even if it was a rather grisly one. As the snow melted, it revealed the mummified remains of Mrs. Langer. While the area where her body was found had been exhaustively searched after her disappearance, her remains were found relatively easy when it was the snow's turn to disappear. Due to the state of her remains, no cause of death could be found. To end this cluster of vanishings, on December 3, 1950, shortly after Frida Langer went missing, Francis Crispin seemingly walked into oblivion. The newspapers reported that Mrs. Crispin was off to visit a friend who lived a half mile from her, but she never reached her destination. Having so many reports in a row, understandably, made the local residents uneasy, and there was even talk of a serial killer on the prowl. While the quote triangle is of a misnomer, the Bennington Triangle mystery mainly surrounds Glastonbury Mountain and the surrounding towns of Bennington, Woodford, Shaftesbury, and Somerset. It was given its name by a local author, Joseph A. Citro, during a radio interview in 1992. Citro would write material focusing on the folklore of the area, 
And while much of the folkloric tales told cannot be verified before the 19th century, local stories may provide listeners with some insight into some possibilities for the vanishings. The first story isn't necessarily a concrete explanation, but it's still interesting regardless. The area has been said to be known for strange lights, sounds, and odors. While some claim, although it can't be verified, that stories of said happenings go back to the Native American tribes of the region. This wouldn't be the only instance of mountains and mysterious lights being connected. In fact, it's common in folklore across the world to have orbs or flashes of light occur near or on mountains. The Bennington Triangle would have its own twist on the stereotype in its man-eating boulders. Yes, you heard me right. Large rocks that swallow people, never to be seen again. While there is no proof of this actually happening, you can calm down now. It certainly wouldn't be a far leap to connect the hungry boulders and the lights together and concoct a UFO abduction theory. Many others have. Such theories have led many investigators to the area to look into such possibilities. Next on our list of possible culprits would be a Sasquatch-like creature dubbed, what else? The Bennington Monster. While like many other stories of the fable Animal Beast, modern residents like to credit Native American legends with speaking of the thing, the most exciting recitation of the cryptid would be from the 1800s. As the story goes, on a rainy night, a stagecoach was made to come to a stop due to a washed-out road. The driver jumped down from his seat to make a round of the stagecoach to check for any damages. The horses suddenly became spooked, and as the driver attempted to calm them, he noticed some strange tracks in the mud. He couldn't identify them, so he began to ask advice from the passengers. The passengers began to file out of the coach to give their opinions when a loud bang was heard, and the coach was lifted on edge and dumped on its side. Some tellings of the story say that the entire group could see the monster, and that they describe it as being over eight feet tall, hairy, and with glowing red eyes. Other renditions say that the darkness and the rain hid the beast, only allowing a large silhouette to be visible, aside from the red eyes, of course. It let out a roar and fled the scene, leaving all in attendance horrified. Stories of the monsters aren't confined to just the olden days, though. As recently as 2003, reports have been decently consistent in the cryptid's description. In this instance, Ray Dufresne was driving near Glastonbury Mountain when a large, hairy creature appeared on the side of the road. He described it as a black thing, well over six feet tall, and was hairy from the top of its head to the bottom of its feet. The above story and description was taken from BenningtonTriangle.com and goes on to say that several other sightings happened around the same time. Lastly, we have the serial killer theory. Is it possible that a serial killer may have been active in the area during the years of the disappearances? This may explain why the young Paul Jepson scent was lost near the highway. Many blogs and podcasts do point out, though, that common patterns of serial killers are not at all seen in these instances. While the study and observation of the tendencies of serial murderers was basically non-existent during these years, the simple fact that a few of the disappearances had occurred near groups of people makes this theory appear not likely. Renee Chandler states it logically in her piece, Ten Creepy Mysteries of the Bennington Triangle. Most serial killers wouldn't risk exposure while attempting to swipe victims within earshot of a group of friends and family. Although, as we've just covered, 
Stranger things have happened. So what can we conclude from the evidence? Strange lights? Vicious stagecoach hating beasts? Serial killers? Is anyone more probable than another? Most of us paranormal-minded individuals tend to gravitate toward our niche beliefs, but there is always the no less tragic yet more mundane explanation of the wilds simply being the wilds. Sudden weather changes and environmental factors are always cause for concern for even the most experienced outdoors person. Without doing an in-depth research into the national statistics for disappearances in the wilderness, can we imagine that the Bennington Triangle would stand out? Maybe not so much, but with a wealth of paranormal background in the area, it certainly raises more questions than it does answers. Until more concrete evidence is found, and by this time we may be hard-pressed to find even a shred, all we can do is speculate and keep our eyes on the mountains. I don't flip out and come across this podcast table. Oh, we're back. <laughs> Love my children. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, here we are again this week. I can't. We still can't hear the music, so I'm just going off of when the video ends. But is there any way to add in our? Can we add in that as opposed to the? For, for a price. Uh, for a price. Okay. Oh. It's probably going to be a Chili's lunch. I've already... Oh, yeah. You bought the last one, didn't you? Yeah. That was a good one. Anyway. Back to you. Back to... <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> like a game of badminton across this desk. Ah, we're here today. Supernatural Tendencies Podcast Live Discussion. If you are with us, thank you for joining us. Give it's, us a shout out in the comments. It's a pleasure. Let us know you're here. Yeah. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. So this week, uh, we want to start off. First off, our show this week is about the Bennington Triangle. Super cool. So if you want to do some quick research beforehand, uh, we have some uh, housekeeping to do this week because we had a call to action last week and we had quite a few people jump on board. Yes, you guys were awesome. It was fantastic. Of I'm going to sit over here and drink my green tea. Fantastic Sorry. of all of you to do that for us. So... Without further ado, I hope beforehand, because no one's going to probably be able to tell us no before I say it, <laughs> excuse me, before I before we say it, uh, their full name, so hopefully they're okay with that. But first, Jamie Cooper Bracey, like minutes after the live, like invited Jamie's like 15 so awesome people sauce. that actually Love accepted. Her. So thank you, Jamie Cooper ja- Bracey. Thank you, Jamie. Michelle Renee, thank you again. Uh, I think she was just You're like, awesome, babe. Thank you. Not just 10. I think she was a hair over 10. Yeah. Oscar says thank you. Hello, Oscar. Uh, Elizabeth Post Abbott, Miss Elizabeth, thank you. Thank for you, Miss Elizabeth. Your invites. We're not worthy. We're and not worthy. Best Linda, thank you so thank much you as well. Thank you so much. Yep. And it's come to my attention that I got to give a special shout out to an individual who has listened to us from the start. And last week, we love her. I read a review from iTunes from somebody who I do not know who they are, but I did not read this special person's who was, by rights, the first Apple review we had. And that is Miss Ellie. Miss Ellie. And and I explained to her on the post uh, why I didn't read it, and I will give a short <laughs> explanation here of why I didn't read it. We use uh, Anchor as our podcast uh, RSS feed handler, and Anchor distributes our podcast for us across like seven or eight different platforms. 
With that being said, we don't have actual access to a lot of these statistics directly from each platform. It kind of compiles it for us in Anchor. And while it gives us listens and locations of listeners, it doesn't give us any like the reviews and it doesn't give us any of the ratings. Yeah, that sucks. So what I have to kind of do is take the URL, our, our own podcast URL, and type it into a browser and kind of go in and look at our own podcast as if we're just a random person looking at the broad, at the at the podcast. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> so when I look at it on my Android phone, the only one that comes up is the one that I read last week. And I totally forgot that, yes, Ellie did have one because my wife has an uh, iPhone and she had read it to me a long time ago. So I wanted to read Ellie's review because I think she was a little a little miffed and I'm going to read it. And of course, it's from Ellie, Ellie Gaga 19 Five star review. I'm binging this podcast and I absolutely love it. Very interesting con- uh, topics along with her discussion and opinions make for a good flow. I'm even laughing to myself at my desk. Keep up the great work. I look forward to weekly episodes, and I've told all my podcasting friends. Thank you, Miss Ellie. Thank you, Ellie, and I wanted to give this special time for you, Buxed In. Thank you so much for your review, since you were the first one. I think she actually went out of her way, like episode yeah. number three, to message me on Facebook and say, hey, I like I like what you're doing. It's fun. Thanks. So that, that, that meant a lot. Oh, yeah. Ellie's, Ellie's awesome. She's just a sweetheart. Known Ellie for a long time. Mm-hmm. She is. She really is a sweetheart. Um, okay, so the and next... And she makes cute babies. She, she well, make, she does. I'm just saying. She does make cute babies. Um, so the last shout-out we have for this week that I wanted to do, um, I liked... Obviously, we like to promote other people as well, and that's kind of why I wanted to start the, the musician spotlight, the artist spotlight every week. So if you happen to have started this podcast in the audio form, um, and even if you don't listen to the audio, audio form now, jump on and listen. Every week we do a segment where we feature a local regional artist band, uh, just their song. We say a little bit about them after every show. The only thing we want to try to not really do are the heavily like radio syndicated um, bands, just because they already are on the radio. So we want to give the people who aren't really on the radio kind of, kind of a highlight. So... Uh, with that being said, any kind of promotion for other things that we dig and that we think other people would dig too, we would like to do. I've recently found this podcast called the Historical AF Podcast. Um, I believe done out of both Arkansas and Texas. I believe both hosts are in one and the other one's in the other, respectively. And I think they do a really good job of what they do. Um, I am overly critical of everything that I do. And technically, no. I feel that our show is just kind of one of many that kind of do the same thing. Now, while they don't necessarily do paranormal and conspiracy stuff, um, they do a lot of historical things. And what they do is they kind of have like this this dice game that they do that before they do their research, they'll kind of give each other like a word and then like they'll roll the dice and that it's got like creepy or historical or something like that. And so they'll have to do whatever the word is having to do with that with whatever the dice roll is. So it's pretty it's a pretty good podcast. Um, they also do it halfway lit. So if you if you want to hear some historical stuff from librarians while they're drunk, it's a great podcast. How funny is that? That so, cracks me up. So I wanted I love to give it like that's my kind of show. So I wanted to give that a shout out, and I also want to specifically talk about. I believe it was Trista who had commented before of. I think I had suggested some other paranormal podcasts that you can listen to. Yeah. And I think she had said, and I can't see the chat anymore. By the way, so you have to you have to let me know when people talk. Um, on my stream, I can't see it. Um, uh, that she feels like she's betraying us. And, and I told, I believe I told her, uh, that you are doing yourself a disservice. If you only listen to us, don't yeah. just listen to us. If you are already listening to us as a podcast, there are quite a few others that mm-hmm. you need to pick up. 
And I'm going to plug Surreal Talk, Cults, Conspiracies, and Paranormal, a podcast out of St. Louis. You need to listen to those guys. Uh, that's a pretty good one. They also do a live thing on YouTube. Uh, obviously, last podcast on the left. If you haven't heard of that, you need you need struck on the head. Uh, <laughs> that's like the, the cream of the crop, in my opinion, of this genre. They do serial killers and everything else like that. Great stuff. They go on tours now. Since when I started listening to them, they were just like in a basement of a Chinese restaurant, I think they said, in New hey, York everybody City. Everybody starts somewhere. And uh, Astonishing Legends podcast as well. Yeah, I like that one a lot. But I had specifically spoken with um, both, uh, I believe it was uh, Kina a little bit, and then Natalie, which I'm kind of confused. So if 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 anybody from that podcast is listening, and I'm sorry for my lighting right now, it's flipping out. If anybody is listening, I'm kind of confused because I thought Ashley and Kina were the hosts, but I think I was talking... To Natalie. Now, maybe I'm confusing names, but uh, I really wanted to shout out Natalie's Instagram page because she is an artist as well, like a little literal painter art stuff. Yeah. And it's really, it's really good. I, I gotta be honest, I'm not usually critical of art. Uh, so a lot of stuff I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Even though like I really don't dig it, but I really do dig her stuff. So if you get a chance, add her on Instagram at lo.nat. So E L L O dot N A T. So get on her Instagram. A lot of good stuff there, and so try to give her some some love. So, uh, hey, gals, I hope uh, this was okay. I actually messaged them for permission first, so I know it's okay, but um, keep on doing what you're doing. It's good. All right, so I believe that is all of our housekeeping, and we can get into the show this week, and I think Oscar is getting a bit over-anxious. Oh, what? Uh, what? Richard Romick, first time watcher, long time paranormal lover. Thank you, Richard, for joining. Is that Ricky Romick? Is that Ricky? I don't know. I'll, th- I'll have to ask Tara. Cool. Uh, Kina's here. Hey, man, that's me. Thanks for the shout out. No, thank you, Kina, for doing doing great stuff. We really appreciate it. Uh, Verl Warnemont is watching. So, hey, Verl, I'm going to vote for you. Going to vote Oscar, for you. Do you want to be in the podcast? Uh, Natalie came in later. Ashley was the OG. Oh, that's okay. Now I understand. I'm Why sorry. Why am I not seeing any of these comments? Oh, it's on. It's on my personal. Oh, okay. Because yep. I'm like, why am I not seeing? I understand. Comments. Now. I thought maybe I was like falling behind or something. No, remember how it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't do that yeah. for mine for some reason. Uh, sorry, Natalie, about that. I'm still catching up on the on the backlog of everything. So I drive for a living, so I can catch up. But I have like a bunch of them that I do. So I caught up to a certain point, and then I switched, and now i got to switch back and actually catch up. So I apologize for not knowing that. I will know that soon. So there we go. So keep on doing what you guys are doing. It's great. Uh, you, hate being call- you hate being called Ricky? I'm sorry. That's what you've always been called. Mr. Romick, that's how it's going to be. Mr. Romick, that's how it's happening. Mr. Romick. All right. Back, back to today's <coughs> show. This is a really cool. I, I mean, I'd heard of it. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I didn't know any of the like specifics or exactly what was going on. Yeah, with this whole Bennington triangle, but this is a really cool case. It's the more Caucasian it's... of all the triangles. Oscar is. Play- Did you hear that? What was it? That's Oscar playing with his golf ball in the hallway. Well, it's fantastic that he decides to play this golf ball now. Quiet all day. He was quiet for the entire narrative recording, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why my camera's flipping out. It's a life of a cat mom. Yeah. Also, by the way, we were using a different camera last week, so I want to apologize to everybody because we didn't normally know. we have this audio going in, which is our better microphone. Yeah. I was using my brother's camera because he kind of wanted to see how it was working out. It defaulted to the camera's onboard microphone, which was horrible in my opinion. And we so, didn't even notice it until afterward, and then we're like, oh! Yeah, because in my reference, I'm going through this microphone yeah. through the interface. So, Which I should probably move mine a little bit closer. I, I'm going to have to move things around, though, because I can't... 
you know, it's like blocking off my face. Oh. We need to get those mic covers is really what we need to do because this thing, I hate it. Okay. You don't tap it. You're defeating the purpose of it. You need to get off my page. Anyway, Bangton Triangle, one of the more Caucasian of all the triangles. The ca- more Caucasian? Oh, yeah. What, what is oh, that? Oh, yeah. We're in Vermont, baby. I've never... Vermont is actually one of the few states that I've never been to. Yeah, I heard it's very desolate. Really? Like, you could drive forever without finding a gas station. Well, it can't be that far. I mean, how big is Vermont? Yeah, well, it's you know, pretty long. We drove long forever. Ways, right? What, 20 minutes? Yes. I know, that's what I've heard. Has anybody in the chat been to Vermont? <laughs> no, Can you, I haven't. Well, has anybody in the chat been to Vermont? Let me know. That's what I've heard. Just because I don't know if it's all mountains or what have you and whatnot, but apparently. So, so Vermont, the Bennington Triangle. Admittedly, not technically a triangle. Because I think we, we said it later in the narrative. It's not really a triangle. It's, it's kind of centered around Glastonbury Mountain. Uh, I don't know if I could find the, the actual, I think Somerset's one, Glastonbury is the town, um, as well as Bennington, and there's a fourth city that kind of are like the focal points yeah. of this story, but it was actually coined by, I think it was John Citro, who is an author of the area, kind of does books and stories and, and promotions for local New England folklore, and he kind of coined this term in the early 90s, so it just kind of stuck, especially with the blow-up, I believe, when do we have the blow-up with, like, In Search Of, maybe, with the Bermuda Triangle? Oh, in the 70s. In the 70s, or Early right? 70s, I think. I, for some reason, I'm like, 72 is yeah. sticking out. And we have this we have this thing. We need to have a shape involved with a disappearance area. We just can't have a, a Morpheus blob of where you're going to disappear into. So, hey, a triangle sounds good. Why is it always a triangle? I don't know. Why couldn't it have been, like, polyhedron of some kind? Uh, yeah. It could have been, like, a like a, ah, like a torus shape. A I don't know. triangle thing. But it's not. So... Uh, there was something else I was going to mention, too, about this, and now I'm completely blanking on what it was. Uh, but let's start from the top. We have the Green Mountains, which greatly overtake much of the uh, western western side of the state. And the Green Mountains span from Massachusetts in the south all the way up to, to Quebec in the north. So they have a footpath carved through. It's called the Long Trail. And the Long Trail was, uh, the construction of the Long Trail was started in 1910. Um, 272 miles altogether. Uh, it essentially is is the hiker's paradise. Like you just, just walk, right? And I've never had a real gumption to just like, you know what? I'm real bored. That's I'm just, real bored. <laughs> what do you want to do today? You just want to, just want to walk? Not really. No, I don't want to walk at all. Like I've never been that bored. <laughs> uh, no, just... I've been pretty bored. Not bored enough to want to want to walk. No. Nope. Uh, so, so really long trail. And stuff like really didn't seem to start happening that was documented until 1945. Which is like, I guess a cause of concern for my research. Because it's like, have things always been weird here? Yeah, that's I mean, kind of what I was wondering too. Because I I was just kind of looking back over the, the notes for yeah. it. And it said over a span of 30 years. Yeah. You know, and is that From, just... Yeah. From 1945. Yeah. 30 so is years it from just like no one put two and two together before that? Yeah. Or the people that came up missing, nobody really cared about? Yeah. I mean, you know what? Well, and I thought about you it know, a little more. Of course, more. you do have, you know, some a lot of times, um, you know, back in that time, poor record keeping, yeah. I guess. Well, you uh, know. also as well, with this long trail. Hey, Dad. Edward Romero, he says hello. Uh, Hola. With, uh, with the long trail um, <coughs> being kind of touristy now. So people from all over would come. So more yeah. people, more disappearances, popu- uh, pro- uh, probably, if I could talk. <laughs> more disappearances, probably. Uh, we do have a few stories that are that predate uh, these disappearances, mainly in the 1800s. 
19th century, obviously. But nothing a lot. And the thing that a lot of the research, a lot of the research that I've done, a lot of the, the researchers in turn that I've researched from had said that a lot of these these locals will kind of blame it on like native stories. Yeah. Like not blame it on, but that was kind of like Native American. Well, yeah. you know, the natives in the area have a story of, you know, Glubectu or something. Yeah. yeah. And in that in nine times out of ten, the like legends. these researchers are like, not really. No, they really don't. That just kind of local folklore. Yeah. So it's not always the case that the natives have crazy, crazy legends. Mm-hmm. If not in this case, I know in the Hodak case, there was a, like a wealth of Native American knowledge on different... Stop! I like the Hodag! Stop it! If you haven't Every listened... time that you say the Hodag, I, <laughs> I, his grin. Yeah. If you guys Type haven't... Type into Google, H-O-D-A-G, the Hodag. Oh. And you'll see this picture of this thing, and it's just, it cracks me up. I can't even look at it. I, I just can't. All right. Because <laughs> it's got this big-ass grin. If you haven't listened to our show on the Hodag, it might have been like number three. Go back and listen to it. It's great. It's like you slapped a set of dentures in a stuffed wolverine or something, or a beaver. Really and it's, just, it's really creepy. It I'm not creepy. even lying. It is creepy. But the point of the story is, at least in that story, there was some type of roundabout Native yeah. American legend There was a link, precedence. an actual traceable link there yeah uh even if vaguely here like i really couldn't find any so so then we come to the start of the disappearances and yeah and the first one is the one that really like raises eyebrows right off the bat Mm -hmm. because the like like we we've alluded to in the narrative and of course i know you guys haven't seen that yet but you will if you listen to the audio form uh, this this isn't just some some hiker from the city who just wanted to go hike yeah. or whatever. This was a man who knew the area. He is, of course, he was seventy four years old. But even then, he knew the area. He was he he was taking another group out, so he was kind of like the leader. And he ended up getting too far ahead, and they just like never seen him again. So, thinking about the story, I mean, one one readily available answer would have been, of course, he was he was old. Maybe he passed away while. While but you would have found a, a body or, I mean, or something. Yep, you would. You, you most know, likely would and, and And another thing, too, is they didn't find anything of this man's. I mean, you know, to give any sign of, oh, well, here's his yeah, pocket a, watch or a knife or well, something. Well, they found one rifle cartridge oh, on this one. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. So one you know, rifle and, cartridge. And so this is, you know, this is a guy who is experienced at hunting, fishing, you know, being a woodsman and all that. So you know he's going to have stuff on him if not some type of backpack you know yeah. what i mean because he's gonna know okay you need some type of food and water and mm-hmm. you know stuff so the fact that nothing with the exception of this um single rifle cartridge he's gone you know so that's yeah that's yeah. kind of scary now i'm gonna i'm gonna jump ahead real quick right now because um i don't know who uh, where she commented but jennifer burge is that right berg a commented, nice shirt. <laughs> I got this shirt uh, this week from Miss Diane Judy and my dad, Mr. Edward Romero, and I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Are you? Yeah. I thought you'd be more angry about you not having one yet, because that's a reoccurring theme of you being overly angry. I'm going to let it go. Why? I'm not really going to let it go. I just want to make you think that I let it go. Are and are then, you? ergo, your guard will get let down. For the, for the audio listeners, my shirt says, Bigfoot doesn't believe in you either. And it's got a little Bigfoot walking. And I thought I'd get more of a reaction out of her. And I'm not because they got you one too. 
Oh, they did. They did get you one too. Oh, bless their hearts. So here's here. Can you can you? Read? I'm gonna throw it to you. Don't you dare throw it to I'm me. I'm gonna throw else. it to you. There it is. If that would have landed in my tea, oh my god. So <laughs> that was so awesome of them. Thank you guys. <clears throat> so thank you to both of them. Thank you. Yeah. So now she can stop bitching about not having. Oh, I a, can't get it in the a Bigfoot shirt. Yay! Can you guys see it? Yay! So there you go. Are you I happy would... now? Yes. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Luke, You've been walking Luke, a thin line all day. Luke I, asked, I just want to say that. Oh, let's Alex. get back on track here. Uh, Luke asked, uh, what year was that, Mitty Rivers? That was 1945. 45, yeah. Yep, 1945. What a name. Mitty Rivers? I think that's funny. I find humor <laughs> in that. I don't know. I think it's funny. You find somebody's name funny? Mitty. What's wrong with that? Rivers. What's Because <laughs> there's a mountain in the woods? Well, yeah, and he's a, a hunting guide. Mitty River, whatever. Wow, okay. Anyway, so I think it's funny. Oh man, what what did Trista say twenty minutes ago? I don't know. Either way, let's move on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not seeing. Oh, here's a live comments. I see it now. I didn't have it. I got my camera set up on my tablet here, and it keeps pop, the live comments keep popping off. I can't see it. Oh. All right, here we go. Okay. Uh, Trista says, "Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's oh, sweet. Oh, that's oh, sweet. That's so sweet. Thank you." Uh, okay, so the next person to go missing. Um, and this would fall under the category of like, yeah, she was just dumb, I guess. I mean, with all wow. due respect, if one were to be looking at this without any knowledge of disappearances, who doesn't believe? I think she kind of did everything right. This would be like the college she student. She told her. She told everybody. That's true. Okay, I, I'm going. I'm going for a hike. I didn't mean any so judgment. I'm back, sure that came off bad. I didn't mean any judgment. Me. I'm just saying it was a college student who like, and people sometimes regard college students as being, I don't know. Are you serious? What what, what is know. that? What is that? I don't know what that is. It's just whatever. Now that you're going to alienate all our college <laughs> podcast listening <laughs> friends are like, oh, well, let's see who's. <laughs> well, click. Three more disappearances. <laughs> <Unsubscribe. of betting laughs> yeah. Let's talk about a disappearance. Uh, so right. 18 year old college student, Paula Welton, set out and set out for a hike on the long trail. And she told her she told her roommate what she was doing. And uh Two or well, three people technically saw her after her after she left her roommate, and one was uh, a newspaper employee. I put that like that because I said a newspaper watcher, a watcher for a newspaper. Do they post people just waiting for shit to happen? Be ready, Benny. I tried looking this <laughs> I up. I tried looking this up, and I'm decently historically. Maybe they used to. I don't know. Historically yeah, versed, but do you post people just waiting for crap to happen in the woods? Maybe I'm wrong. I couldn't find if anything. If you do, on I'm it. not going to go in those woods because I I would end up being the statistic. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, two million people went into that woods and everything was fine, but then Christy went in and I just imagine <laughs> in 19 what was this 1940 something? I just imagine a person dressed up like Dick Tracy. Bear with me. That's kind of what I was dressed up like Dick too, Tracy yeah. with a big set of binoculars who has like a pen and paper and like, excuse me, you going into the long trail? And like, yeah. And they're like, Hold on. all right, what's what's your name there, son? And <laughs> And they're like, well, I'm, my name's Alex. Oh, all right there, Alex. Well, how old are you? I'm like, oh, I'm 30. What's 30. About, Great. What? It was nice knowing you. Like, <laughs> what? What? What's your mother's phone number there, Alex? <laughs> you next of kin. <laughs> Gosh. So, yeah, yeah, Jennifer Brick, I have no idea what a newspaper watcher is. I don't know. It's I don't know. So. I, I've never heard of one. I'll, I, you know. No. And I think in, in one of the, one, the first article that I started reading on this just called him like a watcher. 
A watcher. And then somewhere else that's I found creepy. a newspaper watcher. I mean, that's all I found. So I just, for you guys, I switched it to newspaper employee because essentially that's what it was. I just don't know his actual function within the newspaper. <laughs> well, he watched. Co- that's uh, what he company. did. <laughs> so uh, Ernest Whitman was the newspaper employee who had, had seen her. I'm going to move my mic down. Sorry. Okay. Uh, who had seen her go into the woods. And then there was an elderly couple. Um, I did not put the names in because um, it was only in one article. So I didn't know if that was exactly right. But they were also hiking. And they saw her about 100 yards in front of them. And she kind of rounded a curve in the trail. And when they came to the same curve, like, there was nothing nothing of her. Like, she wasn't there. No sign of her or anything. And then this one is where they actually had, like, an extensive search. The FBI got involved. There was a reward posted. Um, and nothing was ever found of her. Why are you laughing? I was laughing at Trista's comment. What Trista say? What if a newspaper watcher disappeared in the woods? <laughs> you need a watcher for the watcher? <laughs> need a watcher for the watcher. <laughs> Cynthia says, has anyone seen a uh, watcher in the woods? I have not seen that one. No. Have I you seen, seen it? No. I haven't seen it. Don't C- forget the card that says Cynthia's press like, in the hat. Cynthia's like, you guys real. suck. Luke, Luke on my feed says, don't forget the press card, uh, the card that says press in his hat. For real. Yeah. That was kind of a given in my head and I didn't mention it, but it totally, yeah. Yeah. So right? uh, they didn't find hide nor hair of her. And Gone. there were some rumors going around that maybe she had a boyfriend and that they ran away together to Canada. And, uh, like, come on now, though. That's what they always, I mean, especially back in that time. Oh, she ran off with a boy. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the possible, possible solutions. Um, and another one said that she was like shunned civilization and became a, like a woodland hermit. I know. Like, was that the thing back in 1945? I, I don't know. Like, she just ran off and, and, and built a little hut for herself out of yeah, sticks and you leaves. You heard what happened to Susie. What? Well, she became a woodland hermit. You just don't go to that side of the long trail. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. She seemed like such a nice girl. Yep, yep, yep. And then we move on to probably the most interesting disappearance in this, uh, with that of James Tedford. Yeah. And you read it, and you didn't make a comment to me, because this time, because I had yeah. written it up, and when we recorded the narrative... You didn't have much, many questions for this. Sometimes you have a lot of questions when you're reading for the narrative. But this is really weird. This is the only disappearance to not technically happen, like, in the woods. Okay? Yeah. And first off, we even start off this by saying that, uh, like, the records are even even weird with what the dude's name was. Uh, we're going to settle for James Tedford, but he's also labeled as uh, James Telford, Tayford, and Tetford. So there's even some confusion on his name. So that kind of makes me wonder, like, did it really, did it really happen? I mean, that's, I mean, like, we don't even know his name. Is it a made up name? Probably not. It probably did happen. He was an ex-soldier. So there's got to be some type of. Yeah. And, and they're all pretty, they're, uh, they're all pretty close yeah. name wise. So it could just been, you know, you couldn't read somebody's sloppy handwriting yeah. or something. Regardless, he was visiting uh, relatives in, in St. Albans and he was coming back on the bus and 14 witnesses Seen him on the bus. He was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Every stop until the last stop or the, the stop before the last stop, mm-hmm. which is whatever it was, and Bennington, which is the, the end of the route. Yeah. After they got off in Bennington, he was gone. Uh, his luggage was still on the rack. But he and, was nowhere to be found. And he was nowhere to be found. There was nowhere that he was that he uh, he had gone. Yeah. There was a couple of witnesses that said, you know, explicitly that yes, he got off the bus then he got back on and he sat back down. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he got off the bus at last stop and nobody, you know, nobody knew what happened to him or whatever. But he was gone. Uh again, no no way around it. No one knows what happened to him. Hi Kathleen, hi Kathleen, nice to see you. 
Um, so he was gone. And this, like I said, this this one altogether is not not focused on the wood specifically, but it yeah. happened within this you know, this the parameter or the area. Yeah, this of it, not triangle, obviously. And so that that one really, you you start to wonder with that one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So we move on to two weeks later. Uh, nope, I'm sorry. I jumped ahead too much. Uh, October 5th, 1950. So by this point, we're already in 1950. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one was probably the saddest. This one is the one that kind of really creeped me out. You know. You want to start it? Go ahead. Well, um. I gotta get a drink. I, I don't have her name in front of me. I'd have to go back here. Uh, but this mother, wasn't she out working in the field or whatever? And she took her, I think, eight-year-old son with her. Um, and she left him in the truck, you know. Sit here, be good. I'm mm-hmm. going to go... Tend to the pigs. Tend to the pigs. So you sit here and be good. And when she went back, he was gone. And so apparently, I mean, he was wearing a bright red jacket. Uh, and didn't they bring in... I mean, obviously, police were brought in. But didn't they bring in the FBI? That one, I don't know. But they did bring in the, the bloodhounds. The bloodhounds. And the the his scent disappeared at, at the highway. Yep. Paul Jepson was his name. Yeah. So, you know, super sad. Yep. Um, but in my mind, like, whenever I, you know, we were reading the narrative, doing the narrative, I instantly thought of, like, that scene from Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. You know, where the little boy and she's trying to keep him from going out the door and he goes and they take him. Mm. So it was kind of like I was having that whole scene, you know, play in my head. Mine was It, but that was a yellow rain jacket. I have never seen It. Even the original? No. With Tim Curry? No. Get get out of no, my house. No, I haven't. Get out of my house. It's my house. Get out of your house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so, I have never seen it. So the Bloodhounds did pick up his scent, and they they followed the scent, and it ended at the highway, which local legend says that's where Paula Weldon had disappeared. Yeah, exact same spot. Ooh. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. Two weeks later, two weeks later, October 28th, Frida Langer. Who was 53? For some reason, when you updated it, it didn't update on my drive. Frida Langer, 53 year old, uh, was on like a family and friends vacation thing at um, Somerset Reservoir. And they all kind of went off on a hike together. And her cousin and herself, who uh, the cousin's name was Herbert Elser, uh, wandered off together and they found a stream to which she like lost her footing and fell into the stream. Which that would totally be me. Which I started laughing. I had to control my laughter there. Wow. Because I'm just like, that's kind of something I would do. But then like she disappeared. So I I need to stop that. In retrospect, I remember hearing about this certain case. You did? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So she lost her footing, fell into the stream, soaking her to the bone. So she was like, hey, I'm going to go back to the camp and I'm going to get, you know, fresh clothes. clothes. Yeah. I'll be back. I'll meet you back here. So there was like an hour that went by and her cousin was like, all right, well, this is kind of weird. She's not back yet. So he started coming back to to find her at the camp or whatever, mm-hmm. meet, meet her in the middle. He never saw her. And by the time mm-hmm. he got back to the camp, he had asked, hey, you know, did uh, did Frida come by here to get new clothes? And everyone's like, yeah, Frida hasn't came here at all. You she hasn't been back. Yeah. yeah. So again, another search party was, was conducted. Um, a two-week search consisting of 300 people, both helicopters and airplanes. They found nothing. Nada. And this is the one case out of all of this that would provide pretty substantial evidence, even though it didn't go very far. It wouldn't be until May of 1951 where they would actually find her body. Yeah. Um, After the snows have come and then the snows had receded, they exposed her mummified remains. Uh, The oddest part is, though, is like they found her in an area where it was pretty obvious. Yeah. They had searched this before the snows. Over and over and over. They had searched this before the snow had come. 
and now she was under the snow, and yeah. and now it's mummified. Her remains were in such a state that they couldn't find any cause of death with yeah. it. But it was super interesting to know that, like, they've already searched this spot. If if the snow hadn't been here now, like, yeah, when we searched it earlier in the year or earlier last year, uh, the there would be no obstacles. It would be easily, she would have been easily seen. But when the snows receded, obviously. Super creepy. Yep. Super weird. It is. Um, and then the, to, to cap off this cluster of vanishings on December 3rd, 1950, which now we're kind of backtracking because we wanted to end the story with Frida. Um, uh, back in, in December of 1950. So while they're looking for Frida Langer, basically, uh, Francis Chrisman uh, disappeared as well. Um, again, a local resident. So this isn't somebody who's coming in who doesn't know the area, who just wants to have a vacation or whatever. It's somebody who knows the area. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't even really hiking. She was went from her home, I believe, to a friend's a half mile away, and she just never showed up. Just poof, gone. Gone. So with this cluster of, of vanishings, be it, what was it, Paul Jepson? Yeah. Paul Jepson, Frida Langer, and, excuse me, and uh, Miss Chrisman, uh, people started to talk that it might have been a serial killer. Yeah. Which would make sense to them at the time. And even kind of now, that's why they would have lost Paul Jepson's scent on the highway. So a serial yeah. killer would abduct and then take him on the highway, zoom out of town. So we'll, uh, we will come to this later uh, of why we don't really think it was a serial killer. And by we, I mean the people that I researched because they know a lot better than I do. <coughs> So we already talked about the the misnomer of the triangle. Uh, so I'm going to say it now because it does surround the area of Glastonbury Mountain as well as the town as well as the towns of Bennington, Woodford, Shaftesbury, and Somerset. So if you're ever ever up in that area of Vermont, be careful. Be careful. Don't go to the mountain. And I lost my chat again. Don't go to the mountain. <clears throat> my throat's really dry today. That's what that was me earlier. Got dry does it, my throat. So. Coffin dust. Yeah. So, by the way, Joseph Citro, I think I said John Citro earlier, was the local author that coined the term. So, mm-hmm. Joseph, not John. Sorry, Mr. Citro, if you listen. <laughs> so, now we come to the possibilities of what could be happening here. So, first off, do you want to start the first one? Because this is like my favorite section of the show. Go ahead. The first one. I'm sick. So, honestly, I'm just coasting. She is. She is super I, sick. I am sick. Did we mention that? In, I am. I am sitting here with fever as we talk. The show must go on. Did we mention that in the actual show or just the pre-show that you've been sick? I. I don't know. I've been sick for like three I had to days like, now. You called me and you're like, I don't think we could do it. I'm oh, like, oh God, you guys! I'm no, not even no. gonna lie. I was in my in my. I was actually wearing Daryl's bathrobe, and I'm sitting here in the dark, and I'm like, No, no, death is coming for me. <laughs> we cannot do this show tonight. And he's like. We can and we will. So you need to toughen up, soldier. She, and, then, she, and then I cried. She looked like and then here we are. the adult version, I the did. adult Facebook video call version of a kid trying to get their mom not to let them it, not wow. have to go to school. It's terrible. She was like, she had bags under her eyes. Like, I don't know how she did it, but. He's like, you better slap your face on him. Like, this is as good as it gets, buddy. You better put your face on, baby. It was like Ferris Bueller. You had like the stereo in the corner with all the, the, the key sounds. Yeah, it's just, it's bad. So, yes. so like three days of this terrible sickness. It's yeah. terrible. In all fairness, you're sick like every two weeks, so it happens. Do you guys remember a couple weeks ago when Alex was sick and we didn't have a show? Do you remember that? No. 
Oh, I do. Daryl did. I remember that. Daryl did. Oh, isn't that convenient? But when, when I was sick? Yeah. I couldn't come over because of the snow. No, when you were sick because you were, I don't remember what you had going on. You were hacking up along and puking and it got ugly, remember? Okay, technically before that we missed a show because you were sick too, so we're even on that account. But I'm old. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like acceptable for me to be sick often. You have no excuse. What? Oh, Luke's calling me out Mic on my drop. grammar mistake. Mic drop. Oh, he said no reason no reason to leave it on the air. Uh oh, by the way, speaking of grammar mistakes, Luke, you said serial killer, as in like a bowl of cereal. Not a series of killings. You did or Luke did? No, Luke Luke just called me out on my grammar post on Facebook the See, other day. See, Erica, it's bad, ain't it? And it was an autocorrect you know issue. Saying, like it's terrible. It was an autocorrect issue. And just before that, he said serial killer, as in, like, he just macerates whole bowls of cereal in the mornings as opposed to killing multiple people in a row. So, haha, Luke. Uh, so, we move on to the first explanation, which is my favorite version. Uh, there is a local legend of living boulders in the mountains. This one is kind of, I don't know. I love it. I don't because know. Because the image of it just makes but, me you know, excited. But, you know, honesty, though, look at, like, um, Easter Island. What about it? You know, with the 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 Moai stones. Yeah, what about you know? It? If you ask, you know the oh that they got up and walked. Yeah, in, they got in, up and walked. Yeah. So I guess really, why would that be? Oh, I, I see. Know. Now he did say spelled cereal wrong. Oh, he's paying attention. All right, he's paying. Attention. He's paying attention. So we have these boulders that are living, and then they swallow people whole, which is an awesome image to have in my head. Uh, is this happening? I don't know, but it's, I'm going to say it is because I like to believe that's what's happening as you're walking along and a boulder swallows you. So there's been talk of this being some type of like interdimensional thing. Yeah. Like you get yeah. swallowed by this boulder and you go to a different dimension. Yeah. Sucked in. There you but go. But also with this is like a primitive kind of connection to UFO abduction. Yeah. So it being more of like a terrestrial folkloric example or or explanation for the abduction of people by by um there's a new term by the way not ufo it's uaf unidentified aerial phenomenon oh yeah that's becoming and like, the norm now aliens are extraterrestrials they're ebe's extraterrestrial oh, biological one, yeah. en- entity oh that's right okay yeah. yeah i have okay so so as opposed to actually literally being swallowed by boulders some people are thinking it's a, a you know abducting by abductions by ufos so people have come out, I don't know about in droves, but a lot of people have come out uh, investigative-wise uh, yeah. for UFOs. Because there have been sights, uh, sights, Jesus, uh, well, sounds, there's kinda, lights, you know, yeah. and, and odors orbs. and stuff. There's yep. been orbs. And we know that all of these things have been in the past uh, shown to happen in, in alien abduction, UFO sightings, yeah. that kind of thing. And tr- Trista from the chat wanted to ask a question. It was a great, good question. Great question. Uh, I was curious if you found anything that may suggest a lack of police effort or a possible cover-up. I did not find anything of the sort because we have to remember as well that we have two, in some cases, three different investigative groups from the yeah. police coming in. FBI. In the, we have FBI. We have obviously the park rangers. And then we have local police of each. I'm not sure if each town has, if they're big enough to have one, or at least counties. So we have multiple police agencies coming into this. And I'm sure... Um, if it were an explanation that, that would be understandable 
from a wilderness point of view, aka aka we have a cougar or we have AKA a or we, we have, have a, a bear. Yeah, that's an understandable reason why people yeah. may go missing. So let's yeah. let's hunt the bear or let's let's relocate the cougar or whatever your yeah. solution is. That's a terrestrial reason, not a reason to freak out and think we have a serial killer. So in my mind, I don't care what era it is. I mean, if you were were to suspect something that is completely understandable, that would alleviate a lot of the fear, right? Yeah. If you have a lot of these disappearances with the best explanations you have are boulders swallowing people, that tends to not help. Well, yeah, because you could could even be like, okay, um, we're not sure what's going on here. We've had some people go missing. Could be a, a bear attack or a bobcat attack or something like that. And people are like, oh, my. But then you start bringing in, you know, oh, well, boulders are eating people potentially, or we've, we've got an abduction, you know, aliens are taking people. People are like, no, all right, now, come on now. We, yeah. can, we can buy the bears and the bobcats. Yeah. But you start talking about man eating boulders and <laughs> you had a really extraterrestrial long swooping down and yeah. bleeping people away. Hey, Johnny well. Benitez, I see you pop in. I see you pop in, Johnny. You stay in there. I see you. I see. I haven't seen you I deliver you, anything Misty. to my Misty to, says, I love to work you. for a while. I love you, my beautiful sister. All right. So after the swallowing boulders, and if the... I make it through this, I'll message you guys tomorrow. Jake Kenzie, nice to see you. Thank you for watching. Uh, I love you, Christy Johnson. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I think Misty's been sick this week too. So I hope you're better, Misty. Oh, I hope you feel better, sister. Yeah. This this is this is a bunch of crap. Uh, Luke... I seen where. Um, Oh, Erica said it was a fever of 103. Yeah, like that's awful. And I never get a fever. Never. Yeah. Uh, Luke asked a good question too. Uh, would think that if it was a bear, there'd be some remains. Yeah, there, yeah, right. Are there wild pigs in the area? I don't believe there are any wild pigs in the area. Um, I, I believe know, there's I'm a not... northernmost boundary to a lot of the wild pigs in the United States. I know they're starting to have a really big problem in like Louisiana, Texas, possibly Arkansas with the wild pigs. Yeah. Um, especially during this time, I don't think they had quite as big of an issue. And furthermore, not in New England. If you had wild pigs, though, you would know you had wild pigs. Yeah. I mean, they are not, they are destructive. They leave print, you know, hoof prints. Um, you would hear them. You would see them. They're, they're not exactly a quiet animal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we're moving on. Do you want to do the next possible solution? I'm coasting, man. I'm it's a good gonna... one. You don't want to do the next one? You want me to keep going? Yeah. All right, I'll keep going. Next one is the Bennington Monster Theory. We have a Bennington Monster. I love this story so friggin' much. Yeah, because it has everything. It's got everything it's, in it. Is it this? Yeah, if you don't is it like... Encrypted? If you don't like boulders swallowing people whole. No, that's stupid. If you don't like <laughs> no, alien abductions, that's ridiculous. Who would even think of that? We have <laughs> yeah. the Bennington Monster. And uh... we all know how much I love cryptids. <clears throat> so if I ever go to the Bennington Triangle, Shaftesbury, Somerset, Glastonbury, Woodsford... I can't remember that last one. Sorry, Woods Woods people. Uh, you better have Bennington Monster shirts. And I and I love Boston. Boston. And I will be... <laughs> oh, man, you can't do that. No, that's copyright infringement. We do not what? own the rights to his hat. It belongs to the Boston Bruins. You, didn't, you can't blur that out in the video. I swear to God. No, you shouldn't have wore the hat, stupid. Well, if you if you go check out BostonBruins.com. We do not own the copyright license to his hat. If you feel if you feel frisky, go to BostonBruins.com for all of your Boston Bruins hockey team. He is, however, their needs. biggest fan. I have everything. Along with my grandson, his son. Yeah, yeah uh, Ember, this too. Kid, these kids have been raised on Bruins. They have. Because they know they know a hockey team to, to root for. So. Sorry. 
So if I ever, what was with the A? That's Canadian. I don't, I'm sick. I don't know. I'm delirious. I don't even. Anyway. <laughs> so if I ever come back to Boston, I'm getting all up in you, Bennington Triangle. I know it's kind of far away, but I'm getting all up in you. And you better have a shirt. You better have a shirt for me. So we have the Bennington Monster, which is like a Sasquatch-style monster of the area. Right here, Trista's got it. What's Trista's got? Bang, 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 bang. Now you know. If Uh, you don't know what Pang Pang is, you need to jump on over on Facebook. And, of course, like our page, Supernatural Tendencies Podcast. But join the group, Supernatural Tendencies Group. Please join. Please join. And then you'll figure out what the whole Pang Pang thing is. Oh, and Tara says, and wife. Tara's a Bruins fan as well. I'm not seeing that comment. Because it's on mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we can't put it up because it's on mine. It's not on hers. Uh, so, yes. And my wife is a huge Boston Bruins fan as well. We went to our first Boston Bruins game, was it, three years ago? Mm-hmm. And we got, not front row, but like four rows up, and it was fantastic. And we got on the board, and we got on TV. It was sick. Wasn't wasn't Ember in one of the videos that they were shooting? That was for the, promo, that, that, promo? Was, that was for the walleye. Oh, that was for the walleye, That's my bad. for up here in Toledo. We, but they didn't, our they local. End up, the, our local team. They end up not using the ones that we were in Aww. for the promo video. So I got pictures and everything. Back to the Bennington monster. A Sasquatch style. Like if you have a style of cryptid, this is a Sasquatch style. Yeah, model, yeah. Model 1850. <laughs> Circa 1850. Yep. So we have that. Daryl, thank you for, for sharing that video. Um, Thanks, babe. And there weren't a lot of sightings of this. A lot of, not a lot of documentation of the Bennington monster. But the one for sure was a was a straight up street a sweet story about it. In the 1800s, there was a, a stagecoach full of passengers, kind of going down, uh, I'd imagine rickety ass roads in the 1800s, Vermont. And they had to stop the stagecoach because the the there was raining and the road had washed out. So the driver kind of hopped down and I guess was just kind of deciding what to do or where to go or whatever. And he kind of made a round around the stagecoach check for damages and what have you. And the horses started getting kind of antsy, which is like red flag. Yeah. Red flag. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, animals are good judges of... of- energies being around yeah well they weren't having it so he's trying to calm them down and he happens to see tracks and personally i think i did a disservice in the narrative and i didn't quite go into the tracks but it looked like a familiar ish track but it was huge so he didn't know what it was from so yes i am ornery donna thank you uh (laughs) we love you miss donna he didn't know what it was from so he actually asked the passengers and the passengers like filed out of the stagecoach and they all didn't know what it was and out of nowhere they hear like a banging noise and the stagecoach is lifted on end and is flipped it uh, flipped it Ugh. it was flipped flipped it. on its side the whole stagecoach which second question they didn't elaborate if the horses were connected to the stage i know coach. that's what i was just thinking about yeah in any of the research i've done and i probably hit six or seven different pages for this research and then one youtube video yeah uh no one said if they were attached and they got to be attached right Horses are attached yeah. to stagecoaches. So if this big badass monster thing is flipping over the stagecoach, yeah. aren't these horses going to go tumbling? Unless they flipped out and somehow broke loose of the of the reins. Uh, then they're yeah. screwed, right? On a washed out road, do these horses just take off to their death? There's so many unanswered questions in the 1800s. We need to know. Oh my gosh. So... <laughs> Anyway, apparently the horses weren't of their concern because everybody in the stagecoach then seen what actually flipped 
flip the stagecoach. Yeah. Now there are two kind of two different variants of the story. One was saying that it was it was too rainy and dark to really get anything more than an outline. And the other story said that you could clearly see that it was like over eight feet tall and it was hairy and it was gross looking. But both stories both agree that there were bright red glowing eyes on the sucker. Which maybe that, you know, it could be from where they were at when the creature was visible. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So maybe one was um, in an area where they could see it really good and somebody else was like stuck behind the the stagecoach. So didn't see anything. Could be. You know, I'm, I don't know for sure, but... You're welcome, Jennifer Berg, for doing this live podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, sister. We appreciate you listening. Yes. And we love you. So, after it flips and everyone's like, ah, there it is, it's scary oh looking, the thing let out a roar and fled the scene. And then it remains relatively silent for, what, 200 years almost, until 2003. Now, like I said, I didn't find any uh, a lot about it, but it was strong enough to be a reason for the disappearances yeah. in between these two times. But we have Ray DeFresney in 2003, who was driving his car near Glastonbury Mountain, yep, Glastonbury Mountain, when he like came around a curve and on the side of the road, seen, quote, a black thing. On the side of the road. He said, quote, hairy from the top of its head to the bottom of its feet. Yeah. He described it as being six feet tall or over six feet tall. Uh, well, and, and hairy. So, uh, I did get that and I wanted to, uh, you know, explicitly cite it. Uh, they, I did get that from BenningtonTriangle.com. So, if you ever get interested enough, uh, the one drawback, in my opinion, of BenningtonTriangle.com may be, of your be- may be to your benefit if you're not a reader. Uh, it's kind of short. I mean, it has the Bennington Triangle explanation and the, yeah. and the stories, the disappearances. Proposed theories. And then a different tab for the Bennington Triangle, but it's not really information filled. Yeah. So if you want a quick read, um, go to the BenningtonTriangle.com. And they say that there were several other sightings across this time span, <coughs> but it doesn't explicitly list them. It doesn't yeah. describe them. It doesn't say them. So uh, I'm sure we've missed some. But I've done my due diligence on this research, and I didn't find anything. Now, was on that it. the last reported um, case? Was in two thousand three? The last one on that site. Oh, okay, and, gotcha. Uh, and yeah. technically, of all the other sites I looked at, okay, I didn't get anything newer. Okay. So we're done with the Bennington monster, and it saddens oh, me. Oh, so yeah, that's, you... a, that's a definite letdown. Yes. So those are, that's all we got. Hey, Dusty Lee, thanks for dropping in. Uh, Liz, thank you for stopping in. Uh, so we come to our last theory, which is the serial killer theory, which technically makes sense. Mm. Technically makes sense. Aside from the bus, the odd bus situation. Yeah. We have the time span and the location and everything else that may coincide with a serial killer, especially the last three disappearances, especially when you think about Paul Jepson's, uh, the eight-year-old boy, Paul Jepson. Yeah, that is. Disappearing, and then the bloodhounds lost the scent yeah. near the highway, mm-hmm. which in theory, you throw, like I think we mentioned this earlier, we're now coming back, by the way. We're coming back to the serial killer. Coming theory. back, coming uh, back. Could have throw, thrown him in a car, a creepy van, a DeLorean, could have been thrown into anything. Creepy van. DeLorean. And, <laughs> a DeLorean, yeah. And now he's off out of town through the highway, or by, by means of the highway. Yeah. Now, the only thing is... Is first off, we have to talk about the state of of forensic science as well as on um, the um, the pathology of serial killer science. Why am I? Why can I not think about that? Uh, the study of serial killers and their tendencies and patterns were was was way before its even its infancy. 
So yeah. it wasn't even conceived that a person could be mentally disturbed enough for any given reason to kill multiple people in separate instances. It didn't even cross people's minds that that was a thing until what? the late 60s, early 70s, maybe. I think there's a show um, on Netflix now that I've seen Tara was watching that somebody else told me. Um, <coughs> is it Mindhunter? I think it's called. About it was. It's about this uh, mm. discovery and interest in the patterns of, of serial murderers. The thought process, yeah. But all of that research and study wasn't even thought about yet when this was happening. So yeah. even if we even if we thought that... We, even if even if we could conceive of it, it wasn't delved into with, especially with these three cases. Also, we come to the the fact that a couple, at least, of these cases, uh, the the I don't want to call them abductions because then that's leading you into thinking that it's serial killer. The disappearances occurred near groups of people, so we have to wonder: is the juice worth the squeeze? To a yeah, serial killer, to, and serial killer. To, if in yeah. fact that's what it was, exactly. So is that going to be something that they're that they're going to want to do and then and abduct yeah. somebody near a whole group of people? Yeah, yeah. So those kind of things together uh, made me want to cite specifically Renee Chandler's Ten Creepy Mysteries about the Bennington Triangle, who who explicitly s- said that like maybe that may not be the case. I'm sure a bunch of other people have said that as well. Um, and then we come to the end of the narrative and I wanted to add into the end of the narrative, the sudden weather changes. Okay. We're in the mountains and while there is, and I keep losing my chat. Is it, is it me touching it? I don't know. Uh, what did he say? A serial killer with a DeLorean? Yes. I will. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we come to the end and I wanted to add in the sudden weather changes. We, uh, we are in an area where it is still wilderness. Um, I think we started out this, I can't remember if we actually started the show like this or if it was in the pre-show, about how you could drive quite a while in Vermont, New Hampshire, and just not see any gas stations or people. Um, I'm sure it's like that also in northern Maine, where basically they give away land. There's just nothing there besides uh, foreboding woods. So there's always this, you know ever-present fear or you know threat of a weather of, of weather coming through and causing issues whether it be snow or rain and then you couple that with being in the mountains and i don't know if any of you comment comment below hey uh kelsey uh thanks for joining us if any of you have actually been through the mountains uh west virginia uh parts of kentucky pennsylvania i don't want to say the rockies but it's definitely in the rockies how a small storm could give you issues when traveling. Oh, for sure. And especially if you're just walking out in the middle of nowhere, how that could be an issue, even for the most experienced person. So uh, we have to wrap up with everything with the most scientific-based argument, which would be, did, did these people just have you know mishaps with weather, or did they just happen to get lost? And that saddens me that i got to end like that, because it feels like a lackluster ending. But that's where, we at. That's where we're at. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Um, I I know we have uh, Ed Romero thinks it's Bigfoot. Uh, Is that what he said? Did I miss it? Yeah. He's going with Bigfoot. Okay. Uh, Jennifer says, well, it could be a serial killer. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Leave it in the comments. Uh, If you're watching us live, leave it in the comments or you can for the replay. If you are listening on the podcast, um, 
Let us know what you think. Jump on over to uh, our Facebook page and group and let us know. Let us know what, what your opinion is. Uh, Cynthia asked a question here. Is Bennington part of the... I've got to look around my camera here. Is Bennington part of the missing 411 documented by Michael Pilatus? I don't know. Do you know the answer to that? That I don't know. We don't no, know. Cynthia, I don't have that answer for you. I am sorry. I have no idea what that is. Missing 411 documented by Michael Pilatus. Is that is it a, a, a is it a doc documentary? Uh, I don't know. She dude, put me on the spot. I don't know. Luke asked, the bus situation uh, could be people thought that they saw him get back on the bus. What was the total timeline? Twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you are you? I'm not sure if he's asking. Uh, people remembering back then um, could be people thought they saw him get back. Yeah, they they thought they saw it. Not only did they think they seen him get back on the bus, but also that he sat down and that he fell back asleep. So there was three separate stages to them witnessing him on the bus. Mm. Um, the total timeline for the entirety of the story is about thirty years. Okay. Altogether. Now I'm not including like the Bennington. The Bennington Monster 2003 sighting. I'm just going off of the these disappearances because the disappearances are the focal point of the Bennington Triangle story. And then we go off of other kind of theories. Like we said, the the, the living boulders, the interdimensional travel, UFOs, uh, Bennington Monster are all possible theories that are technically brought up. Yeah. yeah, they're technically stories of their own. And I really wish that like the Bennington Monster had enough information that we could have made it its own show. But there's just not enough there in the research that I've done to, to warrant oh, here, entire Cynthia show. says the hundreds of people who have disappeared in national and state parks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what she's talking about now. Um, a lot of podcasts are doing that now, uh, doing episodes on the vanishing of, of vanishing of people in yeah. national and state parks. Uh, I believe it would probably be technically considered under that, especially being the long trail uh, historically recognized yeah. as the oldest long trail hike, uh, hiking trail. Uh, so I believe it probably entered into those statistics. Uh, the only issue is, is that we're finding now that statistics for vanishings in national parks have just been currently, as of I think the last maybe five or ten years, been taken. Before that, I don't think yeah. there's many statistics d being yeah. put on. So if none of you know about that situation on uh, vanishings in national parks, it's been a long-time issue thing, very scary thing, that people and kids and everything else vanish at a high rate in the national yeah. park systems of the United States. And why? Where are they going? What's what, happening to them? What is even creepier than that is that a lot of times they'll find them. The only problem is, is like they'll have like a four-year-old who went missing and that four-year-old will be like miles away in a spot that they couldn't feasibly climb to like on a yeah. mountain, random mountain somewhere. Mm -hmm. Sometimes one shoe will be missing or their pants will be off or whatever. There's other instances that the, that they'll find them or they won't find them regardless. They'll just be like a pile of neatly folded clothes Yeah, where they were last seen. See, I'm with Trista. Trista says I, I'm not... Uh, Buying the whole serial serial killer thing, uh, I get a whole different feeling, and that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting. It's like that. I, I what did you just do? What was the hand motion? We're connected. Oh, okay. We're connected. Great minds think alike. I, I thought I was close to the the uh, get the mess the bowl, get the horns from Breakfast Club. Oh yeah, it's is that right? My favorite movies. <laughs> I, love that movie. I have not watched that in forever, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So a great, it's a super cool case. Great questions today. Thank you for being involved, yeah, everybody. Yeah. 
and this is what we wanted uh, wanted this live discussion to do is is add in some questions that we maybe we didn't think about. We'll just sit around and talk paranormal. Gotta love it. I need to start bringing beer. What? I need to start bringing beer because I, I think Gage asked me last week, "Where's the beer?" Wow. Is that bad that he automatically sees me and asks, "Where's my Where's my beer?" A little bit. A little bit. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what we have for you today. Thanks for joining joining the, us this week, guys. Thank you. Well, that's all we have for you today on the Bennington Triangle. Um, we are going to do our little mini wrap-up. And if you're on the audio side, you're going to, as per usual, you're going to hear it twice. If you guys have any more comments or questions on the Bennington Triangle, whether you're listening um, on this release probably on Tuesday or you're listening now, uh, email us. If you have any stories of the area, you have any family or friends that have, have uh, instances of their own experiences there, give us an email. What is that email again? Supernatural Tendencies Podcast at gmail.com. Fantastic. Uh, even if they don't have something on this this in particular, email us. Tell us how we're doing. Give us a review right then. Whatever you want to do, we want to hear from you. So let us know. Absolutely. Also, speaking of reviews, uh, please go on to your local podcatcher, whether it be Spotify, uh, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whatever you're listening on. Give us a review. Give us a like, whatever that podcatcher does. Give us a uh, uh, a star rating, whatever it is. We greatly appreciate it. If there's yes. any way you could really help us, if, if you'd want, want to do so, it would be through that. Tell us how we're doing. Uh, as an update, I did get us signed up for the approval process for iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher Thursday, I believe it was. So we are now waiting for the approval or denial letter. Hopefully they'll say yes. So if you guys happen to be on any of those and would prefer to listen to us on those, I like to have all my stuff condensed, which is now the problem I'm having with last podcast on the left. They've grown to the point that they've actually migrated or are in the process of migrating to solely being on Spotify, which I don't have a problem with Spotify, but all of my uh, podcasts are on CastBox. So it's an all-in-one stop. I put it on, I start driving, and it's there and just auto-plays for me. Yeah. But now they're switching to Spotify. Now i got to listen to them on Spotify. And if it were anybody else, I'd be like, ah, I'm done with it. But again, if you haven't listened to that show, listen to any episode of Last Podcast on the left. I would suggest um, either the Roswell episode or the Enfield Poltergeist Part 1 and 2. So get a hold of those. If yeah, you. yeah, good episodes. Also, I'm going to do it again. The Historical AF Podcast. Get on them. Give them some listens. Let them know, too. They do a great job. I'm not sure if they're still in the live video by now. We've been on for an hour and six minutes. So get uh, give them some love as well. They do great work over there. Mm-hmm. Again, get at us. Let us know. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. I think that's about it for today. That's a wrap. All right. See you guys later. See you Tuesday. We'd like to say thank you one more time for hopping on board with us this week. If you have any comments, questions, critiques, or suggestions for new topics, please send us an email at supernaturaltendenciespodcast at gmail.com. We also encourage you to get over to our Facebook page at Supernatural Tendencies Podcast and go ahead and elbow drop that like button for us. We're also available on Instagram at Supernatural Tendencies Podcast and Twitter at Weird and scary, if that's more to your liking. Please pass us around to your friends as well, where they can find us on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most other podcast platforms. And remember, if you're having any type of paranormal activity or extraterrestrial contact, I offer private coaching online via Skype or Facebook Messenger to assist you with those issues. Feel free to visit me at christyjohnsonsadler.com for contact information. Till next time, this has been Alex and Christy. See you later.
And here we are again after the great Bennington Triangle show. Again with the Musician Spotlight. Thank you for hanging around. I'm sure uh, the band for this week. And Oscar's already at it. Why? Because he is a podcast Why? cat. He is a podcast cat. This week we have Rustic Waters, who is actually from, who who are actually from this area in that we are in Northwest Ohio. Uh, great band. They are, how would you, uh, folk jam bandy, right? Well, uh, that's what I was saying, that they remind me um, of a band. They're, they're a local band, aren't they? Yeah, I just said that. You're not listening no, to me right Acoustia now? No, Acoustia Kuka. Oh. Remember when we were talking and I was like, they remind from me. From Ohio, you mean local? Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe. Aren't they from? I don't know. Because I, th- I, I thought they were from, actually, from Bowling Green. Are they really? I thought I they were. That. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But that's who they remind me of is Acoustic Kuka. Yeah. Uh, Grateful Dead. Almond Brothers. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. along that. They're along that line. Yeah, I think. Uh, they 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 play shows a lot. Uh, Rustic Waters. Uh, they actually sent us six different songs to choose from, and you chose awesome. and you chose the one that's uh, would be the obvious pick yeah. for you, which is West Virginia Roads. And uh, we will play that here in a minute. Because I'm wanna... from West Virginia. Of course, you're from West Virginia. Whatever. Uh, we got here some upcoming shows for these guys. February. 4th. First, uh, they will be in Clyde, Ohio, at uh, at the Alley, uh, which by the time this comes out, uh, you will be too late. So I'm sorry if you missed it. But you can catch February 8th. Uh, they will be at Luke's in Bluffton, Ohio. And then cool. again, uh, February 28th, they'll be at the Wildside Brewing Company in Grand Rapids. Um, let me check into that because there's a Grand Rapids, Ohio, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. Do they have a it. Facebook page that like lists they do. their dates? Of course they do. Yes, they have. Okay. That's where I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay. Um, they didn't send me anything specifically in their email besides the six songs. So I'm kind of doing this. Sorry, guys, but I'm doing my legwork here at the moment. So, so if you like the sound of their jam, yeah, I don't show know their page on Facebook some love. But again, I don't know if that's Grand Rapids, Ohio, or Grand Rapids, Michigan. So, you, if you are interested in that and you are in either of those areas, look it up for yourself on their Facebook page. Uh, as per usual, we look will look it up yourself. We will post links, so we will give you the link to their Facebook. All you gotta do is look at the events page. Uh, they also will be on February 29th. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, February 29th um, at Nathan Wally's. I don't know where that is. Oh, man. I'm just Facebook ridiculous today. You are fired, sir. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They got so many more. What am I doing? They got so many more than that. Good job, Rustic Waters. You are the first one to have a full tour on here. Yay. Uh, so February 29th, Nate and Wally's. Again, I know where that is. March 6th, we are at Finn's Seafood and Grill here in Finley, Ohio. Oh, cool, um, Finn's. They have that lobster thing that you like, right? Was it a lobster bisque uh, or is it a lobster dip or it's, something? It's a crab and shrimp dip. Oh, that's it, is it is. phenomenal. And they used to have the most amazing oysters, Rockefeller. But the la- well, I was going to say the last time we were there, but my God, it's been years and years since yeah. we've been there. If you've um, never had oysters Rockefeller, it, and I was like, "What?" If you've never had oysters Rockefeller, <gasps> dear God, and I've explained this to people because when people think of oysters, they think of the no, these are cooked. They're these, they're well, yep. they're parboiled actually. Yeah, and they have cheese, mozzarella cheese in them, and bacon and so, spinach, and it's just it's the best thing you've ever eaten. Yeah. I promise. There's you. a definite texture with them, so sometimes people don't like the goopy texture, but this does firm it up a little bit and it it gives a little so a little variety good. in the texture. And it's cooked. So I love those. 
Uh, I'm a seafood lover altogether, but I don't know if I could do regular oysters, but oysters Rockefeller are fantastic. Phenomenal. Um, so uh, March 6th at Finns and Finley. We got March 14th at Phoenix Reloaded in Sydney. I'm the Sydney, Ohio. Uh, March 28th at Nate and Wally's. Did we already say that one? Was that did yeah. I say March 28th? Uh, July 2nd, uh, Forest of Freedom in Bellevue, Ohio. If you get a chance to see these guys, um, it's a good good feel band like if you yeah. just want to have a good time like that's what it is it's not you just want to chill and get mellow yeah. and yeah. and groove to some good music it's you're good gonna want to go see them it's good stuff um i don't see anything about them having like a spotify or anything they very w- may well be if they do i'll try to find it and post those links as well but they do have like a youtube channel give their facebooks a couple likes whatever can you give more than one like Make a different account. Well, you can like like. each video. Yeah, you can subscribe to the channel and then like each video. What I want you to do is I want you to... What I want you to do... Okay, Go to their Facebook and like their Facebook. Immediately go make another account. Do it. And then like their Facebook again. You can't recommend that because that goes against Facebook policy. And Zuckerberg will... You'll get zucked. Message us and be like, what (laughs) the hell are you telling people to do that You know what, though? Do you know how many Russian... You guys were on the edge to begin with, and now you go saying this BS. Do you know how many Russian bride offers I've gotten or how many people that message me to buy their nudes? I don't even care. This is a little more innocent than that. Everybody keeps talking. And like I... uh, On like my personal, you know, my my personal Facebook page, people are always... Women are always posting like, oh, God, these guys are hitting on me or sending me nasty pictures and... I'm just, I mean, not that I want any of that stuff, because, God, that's disgusting. But I'm like, people send me videos of aliens and ghost <laughs> pictures. Is Rightly this an so. orb, or is this not an orb? Rightly so. Well, technically, it looks like an orb via the picture. But anyway, send pictures of orbs and nudes and lovely likes and comments to Rustic Waters this week. <laughs> and they're going to be like, screw you, Alex. <laughs> screw you and your podcast, all right? Oh, man. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up, and we're going to get right to Rustic Waters for you. Again, check them out when you get a chance. They have given us six. We have chosen for ourselves West Virginia Roads. Here it is. Bye. 
Go on and on and on and on, my friend. 